All right. How many are ready today? How many are believing with me today? Now, I'm going to say something. I believe you're going to be shouting today. Because as I'm studying this, I'm shouting. Because this, and I'm not, I, I shout anyway. I know you're probably thinking, Daniel, you could read John 3.16 and shout. You could read Jesus wept and shout. You're probably right. You want to know why? Because I get excited about Jesus. He's done a whole bunch in my life. He's delivered me from a lot. He's blessed me big time. And so I get excited about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Why, uh, uh, you know, as a sports enthusiast, I really enjoy watching sports. I like to watch football, especially football, but I also watch basketball. And I watch baseball. Baseball season just ended. My team actually was this close to winning the World Series again, the Houston Astros. But anyway, uh, uh, the thing about these sports teams is that they have an ultimate goal. What is that ultimate goal? To be the best. To come out number one. To receive the trophy for being that best team. Whether it's in football, the, obviously the, the, the greatest trophy that you can receive in football is the Super Bowl trophy. In, the, in, in basketball, it's the, uh, uh, what is it called? The, uh, anyway, it's the NBA championship trophy. And then in baseball, it's the World Series trophy. Those are the trophies that you strive for. You know, I used to uh, be involved in organized sports. And, and back when I was in high school, we had a really good football team. I mean, really good. My senior year, we had around 10 guys go on to play college football. I mean, that's quite a bit of people to go play major football. And we um, um, had a, I mean, we went far into the state playoffs in Texas. And that's saying a lot because Texas has, you know, it's lots and lots and lots and lots of football down there. But anyway, um, and so the one thing that is amazing to me is the thing that I remember the most about my senior year wasn't the fact that we beat our crosstown rivals. We beat them, skunked them, 21 to nothing. It wasn't the fact that uh, uh, we won district. We did. It wasn't the fact that we went as far in the play. We, we beat the number one team in the state, 29 to 20, 28 in the Astrodome. It, it was ranked as one of the 10 top games ever played in, in the Astrodome, you know, high school level. 29-28. You know what I remember the most? Was the next game. We were beat. We got beat. Isn't that something? The one thing I remember is the loss that we incurred. I did not, our team did not get to the ultimate goal. But how many know that's true with any sporting event? How many know that's true with life? But as far as sporting events are concerned, there's always going to be a winner and a loser. Isn't that true? The thing I want to bring out to you today is that the only way you will receive a trophy is if you win it all. If you win the fight that you're fighting. I want to say something here that I believe is important to understand. And I think this is not something that you would not understand. But it's the, great, the greater the level of competition, the greater the victory will be. 
And the greater the level of victory won, the greater the trophy will be. You stick, did you hear all that? For example, how many have ever watched the Little League World Series before? Anybody besides me? <laughs> the, in the, the, I, I just love to watch the Little League World Series because these are, are 10 to 12-year-old kids, and they're out there playing to win the Little League World Series title. And it, when it says World Series, it's literally teams from all over the world. Japan always has an a, a excellent team, and, but they come from all over to, to play. But how many know that winning that trophy at that level doesn't even begin to compare with winning the trophy of the World Series? Why is that? Because, again, the competition has gotten that much better. And thus the victory is that much more, it, it's a bigger victory, a greater victory. Everybody following how I'm saying this? So with all of that said, then what is the greatest victory of all time? What is the absolute greatest victory of all time? When the Dallas Cowboys, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> tricking, tricking you. What victory will be trumpeted down throughout the ages? Throughout the ages. And throughout all eternity. It has absolutely nothing to do with sports. Friends, the greatest victory of all time. <laughs> the greatest victory there ever will be. Is Jesus' victory over our adversary. The devil. And over death, hell, and the grave. Ha! And since that is and always will be the greatest victory of all time, what did Jesus obtain for winning this battle? What kind of trophy did he receive? What trophy did, you know, I, I don't know if you've uh, ever watched, like, I, and I'm always thinking of, I, I don't know why I think about him because he's been retired for a while, but I can always remember when Michael Jordan won the NBA championship for the, not the NBA, but the, the um, national, what is it? Yeah, it is the NBA. When he, sorry, when he received that trophy, he drew it to his chest and hugged it and kissed it. What trophy did Jesus receive that he draws to his chest and kisses it? Go with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 2.14. What trophy did Jesus receive for this ultimate victory i'm going to read it from the amplified today so stick with me if you don't have that or just look up here but thanks be to god who in christ always everybody say always leads us everybody say that means me in triumph notice as trophies of christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Glory to God. We are the trophies of Christ's victory. We are the one that Jesus received as his trophy. The greatest victory of all time that Jesus accomplished. The, oh, hallelujah. I can envision it already. Come here, my wife. <laughs> What do people think I'm going to be something? I can envision that once, thank you, Jesus. Once Jesus, 
accomplished what he accomplished. I could envision him just putting his arms around you and me, hugging us close and kissing us. That's what we received. I mean, that's, the, that's what he received. Us, you and me, you and me, you and me. We are the trophies of Christ's victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. The very moment you ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Now listen, right now, as a Christian, you are a living testimony of Jesus' victory over Satan. I don't think you heard me. Yeah. Right now, right now, the fact that you are a Christian, you are a living testimony of Jesus' victory over Satan. <laughs> Glory to God. And not only, listen, not only does a trophy represent the winner's victory, it also represents the loser's defeat. <laughs> and which means that every one of us is also a living testimony of the devil's defeat. I don't know about you, but that sure do make me happy. Glory to God! Friends, everywhere we go, the devil should be quaking in his boots. We are a living testimony of Jesus' victory and his defeat. It don't matter what comes against you and me. It doesn't matter how, 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 how strong the winds are blowing against you. It doesn't matter how hot the fire is. It doesn't matter how great the storm is. Hey, my God said that he always leads me in triumph. And as a trophy of Christ's victory, hallelujah. There is nothing, nothing the devil can do to stop you and me. We're going to get into that. I say we're going to get, oh, we're going to get into. We are trophies of Christ's victory. You need to say that, say that with me. I am a trophy of Christ's victory. <laughs> and our lives need to testify of this glorious truth, friends. Amen. So how do we do this? What does it mean to be a trophy of Christ's victory? How do we live a life that testifies, testifies of Christ's victory and the devil's defeat? Well, go with me in your Bibles to Galatians. That's Colossians and Galatians combined together. Colossians chapter 2. I want to remind ourselves, first of all, what the Bible says happened when Jesus whooped the devil. How many know you need to take some time and study this? You need to take some time and remind yourself of how Jesus whooped the devil. The Colossians 2.15. Did you wear your shouting clothes, your shouting clothes this morning? I said, did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Oh, glory to God, I tell you, man, this is going to make me want to shout. Having disarmed, everybody say disarmed. What does that mean? Just stop and think about that. If you were fighting a war and you disarmed the enemy, what good could they do then? He's dis, that's not having disarmed. It's already a done deal. He's already disarmed them. Glory to God. Principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them in it. Okay, I hope you, oh, glory to God. Look at the Passion Translation. Ooh. 
then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were His. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Phillips translation. Oh my, it just keeps getting better. And then, having drawn the sting of all powers ranged against us, he, speaking of Jesus, exposed them shattered, empty, and defeated in his final glorious act. Yeah, do you see how this kind of gets you going? Oh, glory to God. And then the message, I like this one. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. <laughs> you talk about total humiliation. Do we don't, again, we, don't, uh, we need to take some time to think on this. Jesus dis- disarmed the principalities and powers, and he made a public spectacle of Satan, exposing him empty, shattered, and defeated. Oh, glory to God. And then he marched around. The, the, I could see it happening. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. I could see it. Jesus goes down into hell for you and me. I could just see it now for three days. And all the demons are having a party. Woo! We got him. We got him. Oh, we got him, got him, got him. Go kick him. I ain't going near him. No, no, no. Go kick him. I ain't going over there. Go on. Go kick, kick him. I'll go. I'll go, I'll go, little imp goes over there. Ah! And goes running away, you know. I can see them all, all having a great time. And then something happened. On that third day, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost goes barreling down into the, the pits of hell. Jesus is raised to life. Do you think those people in hell started freaking out? Those demons in hell started freaking out. Woo! Jesus. I could just see him now. I could, see, I see this stuff in my mind's eye. I could see him going. You know, he's like, there's the devil. The devil had all of his people around him. They're partying over there. And then Jesus just, he goes right to the devil. And he just takes away from him, strips him of his power, strips him of his authority. And then he marches him around hell. I want all of you demons to see the one you follow. I want you to recognize this is the one you follow. I just whooped the devil. Glory to God. He made a spectacle of him. Ho, 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 glory to God. That was my Santa Claus. (laughs) Woo, glory to God. I tell you what, this gets me. He totally humiliated him. Right there in the pits of hell. Now go to uh, Luke 11. Oh, this is so good. Verse 14. And he, Jesus, was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. 
But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. Now notice verse 20. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, I just won't stop and say something right there. If I cast out demons with the what? See, sometimes people think that the devil is some big bad hombre. But Jesus, God, thumps the devil and the devil goes flying. Get the picture in your mind. He casts out demons with the finger of God. Not, not the arm of God, not, not, not the full strength of God, but just with a finger. Get away from him. The devil goes flying. Oh, is that, am I the only one? See, sometimes, I mean, I'm telling you, the, the Hollywood likes to make the devil out to be something. That we need to fear the devil. The devil, he's going to get you. He's going to get you. He's gonna... No, he's not going to get you. He's defeated. I said, he's defeated. We have nothing to fear where he's concerned. My God thumps him out with his finger. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for the ha, ha, ha. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. Who's that talking about right there? It's talking about the devil right there. But verse 22 is where I wanted to get. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him. Who's that talking about? That's talking about my Jesus, glory to God. He takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and devoid, divides his spoils. The Passion Translation of verse 27. Okay, slow down, Daniel. I'm so excited. I'm not about but when one stronger than he comes to attack and overpower him, the stronger one will empty the arsenal in which he trusted. The conqueror, speaking of Jesus, will ransack his kingdom and distribute all the spoils of victory. Oh, thank you. Well, friends, who is this talking about? Who is the strong man? The devil. But who is stronger than he? Jesus. Ah, glory to God. The devil was defeated by Jesus. I said the devil was defeated by Jesus. He, he, he left the devil exposed and shattered, buck naked. Oh, thank you, God. What a humiliating defeat. I mean, the Bible says that God looks at the devil and laughs. That's the way we should respond when the devil's. I remember, and was it T.L. Osborne or, no, no, it was Lester to the Devil Molester. I love that nickname, by the way. He said at one time he was awakened at the night. He heard something going on downstairs. It, his rocking chair was going back and forth. And he came out of the door and he looked down there and his, there's nobody there but the rocking chair is going back and forth. You know what he did? He just smiled and said, oh, that's just you, devil. Went back to bed. Well, now, how could you, because... Honestly, honestly, 
for most of us. If you woke up and you looked down and the rocking chair is going back and forth and there's nobody in it, most of you would go, ah, and run and hide. But see, that's, that's what I'm trying to get across today. We need to comprehend and understand something. The devil is defeated. He is defeated. The devil is defeated. He's been, he's been humiliated. I mean, all you got to do is look down there and picture it in your mind's eye. There's a, there's a buck-naked, defeated devil. Go right back to bed. That's something that you're going to have to comprehend and understand because I'm telling you, right now, the way the devil is using Hollywood is to make him out to be someone that cannot be defeated. And what a lie straight from the pit of hell. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now go to 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 2 Verse 6, yet when we are among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, everybody say, that's me. We do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine, divine plan previously hidden, but it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age. Excuse me, who is that talking about right there? That's talking about Satan. That's talking about the devil, who are being brought to nothing and doomed to pass away. Everybody say brought to nothing. Everybody say doomed to pass away. So according to this verse, Jesus has brought the devil to what? Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Zilch. Zotnada. Jesus has brought him to nothing. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. Plus, not only did Jesus whoop the devil and make a public spectacle of him, and he not only took away the, the armor of which the devil trusted, look what else Jesus got for him. Look at Revelation 1, verse 18. I, this is Jesus speaking, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Everybody say he's alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Friends, the devil no longer has the keys to hell and death. I hope you comprehend what I just said there. Jesus took them from him. What do keys represent? Keys represent authority. Keys represent access to for example, if you had a keys to this church building, what does that mean? You, had a, you have access to come and go as you please. You, how many came in a car today? Drove a vehicle here today. You had keys to that car. You have the ability to get into that car, turn that car on, and drive wherever you want to today. You have access to go into that car because you have the keys to it. Everybody understanding this? So when Jesus took the keys of hell and death away from the enemy, the devil's ability... And authority to bring death to us and cause hell in people's lives was taken away from him. I know that's a big statement, but I want you to stop and think about it. When Jesus took the keys of hell and death from the enemy, the devil's ability and authority to bring death to you and me and cause hell in our lives was taken from him. In other words, he could no longer lord over us with those things. 
He could no longer have access to come and go in our lives as he pleased and bring as much death and destruction that he wants to bring. Oh boy, I tell you what, that's one of those things you're going to wake up in the middle of the night when the revelation dawns on your heart and you're going to jump up and start shouting. Go ahead, Debbie, I want to see you shout because Ron's going to go, ah! Glory to God. In fact, go with me to Hebrews chapter 2. I'm almost done. I'm almost done, but I'll tell you what, I feel like I'm going to do some shouting right now. Because I love this scripture right here. Woo! Verse 14 of Hebrews 2 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, that's speaking about you and me, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same that through death, He might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Listen to that verse from the Passion Translation. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Since all his children have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this. So that he could experience death. Now notice. And annihilate the effects of the intimidating accuser. Who holds against us the power of death. By embracing death. Jesus sets free those who live their entire lives in bondage. To the tormenting dread of death. (laughs) The 20th century translation says this. In order that death. In order that by death. He might render powerless. Him. Whose power lies in death, that is the devil. The Rotterdam translation says, Jesus paralyzed. Paralyzed. Satan's death-dealing power. Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death. And released you and me. Set us free from the fear of death. You do not have to fear death. I don't know if I, 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 oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. That right there is probably the ultimate fear most people have is death. As Christians, we don't have to fear it at all. See, for us, we leave this body. The moment we leave this body, the moment this body, if I, this body kicked over right now, it's not going to. But if it did, I'm telling you, you do not have to be sad because I ain't going down. I'm going up. <laughs> I have nothing to fear. I'm going right into the arms of my Jesus. Oh, there ain't nothing to fear about that, is there? It's something way better, much better than where we're at right now. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus rendered the devil powerless against us. Jesus paralyzed Satan's death-dealing power. Who do I want to use? Come here, James. Lay down, James. It's a carpet. Come on. You're good. Lay down. Now, you're going you're gonna to act, okay? So act. This is a real hard thing to act. You're paralyzed. The only thing you can do is move your mouth. That's it. That's the only thing you can do. He's paralyzed. Start saying some mean stuff to me, Jimmy. Start talking about how you're going to get me. <laughs> Should have probably got together with him a little bit more. <laughs> huh? You're going to do mean stuff to me? So, who does this represent? 
you can't move. All he can do is talk. Real mean game. He can roar as a lion, but not a lion. Because my Jesus has kicked his teeth in. He's, can a paralyzed person cause you harm? If he's sitting there telling you, I'm going to get you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I got you. I'm going to whoop you. I'm going to whoop you. I'm going to whoop you. What would you do? What are you going to do? What's your, oh, sorry, that was a little hard. <laughs> Better you than somebody else, I guess. <laughs> He's going, that arm really is paralyzed now. No. But that, I want you to catch this. Can this person harm you? Can this person harm you? Jesus paralyzed Satan's death-dealing power. Paralyzed it. The devil's paralyzed. Come on now. When he starts starts to bark at you, when he starts to roar at you, what are you going to do? Step step on up. Thank you. Hey, here I go. I better not do that. How about on your belly? Can you take it? One, two, three. (laughs) All right, get up. Rise up in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's how he got up. The anointing was on the slobber. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, no matter how many times Satan tries to convince you that he can bring death and destruction into your life, I want you to get this. Ask him why he hasn't already done it. Did you hear what I said? When the devil starts to bark at you and say, I'm going to destroy your life. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to kill you. Ask him why he hasn't already done it. Because he can't. I said, because he can't. He cannot do it. He does not have the keys. He does not have the authority. He does not have his armor. It's all been stripped away from him. See, we got to understand, friends. Hear me now. The devil is known as the great deceiver. The way he operates, his method of operation is to deceive us into believing something that's contrary to the word of God. He wants us to choose death and the curse instead of life and the blessing. Because he knows if we do that by our choices, because we've been deceived into believing something contrary to the word of God, that gives him an avenue into our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Oh, glory to God. So what does that mean? You need to get in the Word. You need to study the Word of God. You need to meditate in the Bible. You need to make those confessions. Confess the Word daily. Amen. Because the devil will come. And he'll try to get you to believe something that's contrary to the Bible. Because he wants you to make a choice, a decision that is not in line with that Bible and opens the door up to him. It's the only way. Otherwise, and, and, and the thing is so awesome. Just like what I said earlier, by the Spirit of God. One of the ways we got we to comprehend this. If you mess up, what do we do? Do we wallow around in it? Oh, I'm such a sorry person. I'm so bad. I'm the devil's sitting feeding you that junk. I am spitting now. <laughs> You've got to say, no, I messed up. Now I'm getting back up. 
God, forgive me for what I've done. The blood of Jesus is greater than this. I know, I'm, but God, you picked me anyway. You know, you knew I was going to make that mistake, but you picked me anyway. Why? Because, see, God sees the end from the beginning. He knows I'm going to finish my journey. I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to come out at the end. Instead of all Jesus, Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Devil cannot bring death and destruction into your life unless you give him that. Unless you open the door up. Keep the door shut. How do you do it? Remind yourself of these scriptures. Take them out. Remind yourself of what Jesus has done. Remind yourself that through Jesus' victory, you are now his trophy. The trophy of Christ. Oh, glory to God. Wherever I go, I'm testifying. Testifying of my Jesus' victory. Testifying of the devil's defeat. We are trophies of Christ's victory. We are trophies of Christ's victory. I'm a, come on, am I the only one who gets a little bit excited about this? Oh, my goodness. What a good God we have. I know why God wants us to do this. It got, if it gets me stoked, I know it should be getting you stoked. Again, take the time. Go listen to this. When this gets up on the, the webpage, go listen to it again. Get the scriptures out. Confess these scriptures out of your mouth. Hallelujah. The devil is defeated. His teeth have been kicked in. He has been paralyzed. My Jesus has whooped him. Has humiliated him. He is not all powerful. Jesus is all powerful. Glory to God. But you know, I want to say this in closing. It ain't up to God to get the devil out of your life. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't say pray to, pray to God that God will resist the devil for you. That means that it's up to you and me to resist the devil. And when you have an understanding of these scriptures, how easy would that be? Devil, I, you stupid rascal. I know what the Bible says. I have authority in Jesus' name. And I bind you right now, Satan. I demand that you leave. Isn't that part of the scriptures? I mean, the, the confessions? I, 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 demand, I demand for you to desist and stop in all maneuvers against my family and me. In Jesus' name. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We are trophies of Christ's victory. Now, next week is our 12-year anniversary. We're going to get together. We're going to have our uh, barbecue, getting from Dickie's. Please come. We're going to have this all set up. Please come invite people. We want to get this place built up. Glory to God.